0: There yet, so it should be this week. But I'm not in any cra- crazy rush. And, um, you know, the Lord knows, and we're trusting Him, resting in Him, and uh, we'll, we'll get it all figured out. And I'm really excited about that. So um, we took a break from our new series last week, um, and, and just for the 4th of July, things like that. Um, but we started a series two weeks ago called By Faith, and just we talked about moving forward by faith. And then we're going to just be talking about just as a church and individuals just uh, by faith and today we're focusing on um, reaching out by faith, reaching out by faith and that in a way not necessarily I have a whole other message that we're going to talk about in in giving the gospel things like that so this is going to be more um, in just you know loving your neighbor and helping others and reaching out to people. Um, The truth is it's it is not it's not in our nature to reach out it's actually in our nature to be self-centered. Um, that's just how, that's what sin has done. Um, one of the greatest things we can ever remember and that will help us in our Christian life is to remember not, this, not just that we're not perfect, because I don't think anybody in the world will say they're perfect. Even a lot of people say they're not perfect. But not just remember that, but to remember that we were very broken people. Um, sin and evil has wracked this world since the beginning of time, and we are broken people living in a fallen world. And if we can remember that biblical truth in our everyday lives it helps us recognize our weaknesses and rest in the Lord for strength. It's not in our nature. It's in our nature to be self-centered. It's not uncommon for people, and for me, to think mostly of myself, to think of ourselves more often than anything else. It's, it's in our nature to do that. He made it. Yeah, I got this. And someone, yeah, just walk. Make sure the uh, kitchen door's locked. I was like, hey, we got a visitor today, you know? <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, it's not uncommon for people to think mostly of themselves. I think if we all admitted it, church, um, it's hard to admit your weaknesses. It's hard to admit sin. No one wants to do that. Um, but we are self-centered. It's much easier to take care and to focus on yourself and on your wants and on your needs and on your desires and on your wishes and on your dreams than somebody else's. It's easier to focus on me. We live in a, a me culture today. And I know that there's a lot of people are like, oh, today, everybody's so self-centered. And the, but the truth is it's been around forever. You know, the 50s wasn't a perfect generation. It just wasn't. This generation's not perfect. No generation's been perfect. Uh, you, know, you, you can see it even in the Old Testament. Uh, you see Lot ch- choosing the best land for himself, saying, this looks better. I'll take the better part for me. You see Abraham uh, lying about his wife to the Pharaoh, I think twice because he was trying to protect himself. You see uh, uh, Joseph's brothers tossing him into a pit and, and being so jealous and so envious of him, and, and the favoritism showed to him by his father that they taught and sold him into slavery. You see David wanting Bathsheba and killing Uriah for what he wanted. You see Saul getting jealous of David. You see uh, uh, Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament keeping back part for themselves. You see Judas selling the Savior, and, and the epistles from Paul to all the churches and we're going to look at some of it today, often he says, hey, listen, you know, look not every man on on his own things, but on the things of others. There's a reason Paul said that in his letter. Obviously, self-centeredness and and the failure to reach out to other people and love and give and and serve other people was a problem back then too. And it hasn't just gone away. Us today, as Christians, as people, uh, sometimes I think I'm such a compassionate saint and so do we we just think we're like man we really think we're really really great people and we would never say that out loud like i'm an awesome person i'm a but really the way we carry ourselves the way we live the things we say the thoughts that we have about other people we really think that we're just these unbelievable compassionate saints you know i'll go to stop and shop and they want me to round up the nearest dollar you know to give to donate and i'm like you know i'll do that you know i'm a great guy like I, i i don't mind doing that you know and but then you know I'll turn my phone on silent, or I'll, I'll put you know something on ignore because I don't feel like talking to anybody else, or I don't want to hear from somebody, or I'll, you know the the what do they call the red receipts? You know the, I don't know if it's read or read, but the, you know so people can see you read their text. It's very tempting often to just completely turn those off because you're like I don't want them to think that I'm ignoring them because I am ignoring them. I don't want no, it's not, I not I don't want them to know that I'm ignoring them. It's really what it is. So if it just says delivered at the bottom of your text messages. They can just think that you haven't read it yet, but you've been reading it for hours, you know, and you just haven't responded. You look the other way at the corner, you know, when there's someone standing there with a sign, you're quicker to criticize than to help. That's my life, often. Quicker to criticize than to step in and help and reach out. It's so natural to jump to cynicism about people instead of giving people the benefit of the doubt. There's really only one person that's ever lived on this earth who didn't struggle with these things. And we struggle with these things every day of our lives. And we'll continue to struggle with it because sin is not going anywhere right now. Listen, God has defeated the uh, power of sin at the cross, but the presence of sin still remains in this fallen world. And until He calls us home, listen, sin will remain here on this earth until He ultimately defeats it. But for right now, we have to recognize there will be a struggle. This is not going to come naturally. Yes, we can create disciplines, and yes, we can create good spiritual uh, Christ-like habits in our life, but it's still going to be a struggle to reach out to others. There's one person that didn't struggle with that, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He had no struggle with loving others and helping others and reaching out and sacrificing for others. Philippians 2, we read the verse uh, in verse 4, it says, Look at every man on his own things. Let every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you. What mind? The mind of looking uh, not on his own things, but on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and and, uh, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And what did he do? Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. That's our Savior. No struggle to help others. No struggle to lend a helping hand, to, to, to heal the blind and to, and to help the lame to walk again and, and ultimately to, to give his life on the cross and be tortured for us because he loved us. Listen, our ultimate example of reaching out is not some philanthropist here on the earth or some guy that donates and ties lot. No, our ultimate example is the Lord Jesus Christ because he didn't struggle with it. And Paul said that in this epistle of the Philippians. But I want to look at Galatians today, and we're going to be done shortly. I want to talk about reaching out in faith. Here's the thing. It's very easy to decide not to reach out because you don't think it'll do anything. We've all been there. I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm not going to sacrifice. I'm not going to, you know, quote-unquote, hurt myself financially to help so-and-so because it may not, Help in the long run. It may not even work. I understand that God gives wisdom in decisions, and we should always pray and ask God, not just be flippant in everything. We should rest in the Holy Spirit of God and His leading. But all of us, the Holy Spirit has led us to do things, and in our minds, we've justified not doing it when it comes to reaching out to others. When our minds are so full of cynicism, and that's the habit that we've created that that is not going that God really can't use us in that aspect to help somebody and that's just that's how we're going to live. Galatians chapter 6. We see at the really the, the last chapter, the whole thing uh, uh, Paul is 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 proclaiming the gospel and 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 they had started to kind of fall into work salvation in the whole beginning of the the book and this letter he's he's just proving and, and preaching uh, uh, the power of Christ and, and salvation through Jesus Christ and not works and things like that. But at the end of this chapter, he, he kind of takes a little bit of a turn and, and finishes in just a few verses in, in uh, Galatians 6. And, and we'll read them, and then we'll uh, kind of talk about them and be done. But in Galatians 6 and verse 1, he says, says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. And by the way, that right there, self-centeredness leads to self-dependence and self-righteousness. When you think, if 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 you are so really, self-dependence leads to self. Righteousness which leads to self-centeredness is really the, the better way to say it is when you do not rest in Jesus Christ for the power to live life here on this earth in every area of life, not just, you know, in the big things and in the big prayers and the big bills we need paid. I'm talking about in the little moment by moment, awkward conversations with your spouse in, the, in, the, in the, the quick everyday dealings with your children and the, uh, you know, um, tension between co-workers. Those trivial, we, we call them trivial, but they're very, very important moments of life. Every moment of life, if we are not resting in the grace of Jesus Christ and, and, and the power that we have through Jesus Christ to live on this earth, we do become self-dependent. And we try really hard to do this and that, or we justify why it's okay to be a jerk to our co-workers, or why it's okay for me to be impatient with my kids, or why it's okay for me to call out my wife on this, or whatever it may be. And we become dependent on our own wisdom and knowledge and ability and strength, and on and on you can go on. And We're self-dependent, which leads to self-righteousness, thinking, why isn't everybody else like me? How can she not understand what I'm trying to say? Why would they do this after I told them not to? I, I can't believe he would say that about me at work. All these things, and we are self-righteous. And we forget that our righteousness are as filthy rags. And in that self-righteousness, we become self-centered. And it's so much easier not to reach out and to help others because we think we think ill of everybody. Maybe not in the worst way possible. But it's almost it's it's almost a lukewarmness. It's not this this you know, far out in left field, I hate everybody, everybody's a loser, I can't stand anybody at all. But you're in this middle ground of of of, of just thinking you have it all together and no one else does. And it's self-centeredness. And it starts with dependence on self. If you're living dependent on Jesus Christ, listen, you will not be self-centered. Be, your, your life will be centered on Jesus Christ. And who's, uh, Jesus Christ, the life of His life and His mission and, and, and the heart of God is about others. So if you're centered on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be centered on helping and serving others. Yes, by giving the gospel, but even beyond that, Galatians five and verse fourteen. I will not have it on the screen, but it says this: for all the law, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the law of Christ. That's everything. That's it. That's all of it. All the law fulfilled in one word: love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus said in the gospels, he goes, listen, the most important. All the commandments, hang on this one, love the Lord, they are thy heart, soul, and mind. And the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. These, This is the most important. This is what it's all about. And those are the things that we struggle with day to day. Those are the things we struggle with every day of our lives. Loving God and loving others. Reaching out by faith. Reaching out, believing that God will use you. We see in Galatians 6 and verse 1, we read it. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. Reaching out sometimes means getting your hands dirty. If a man be overtaken in a fault, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. People all around us, and this is where self-righteousness is such a destructive part of the Christian life, and it's a part of most Christians' life, and it's still a part of my life that I often have to just crush with the power of Christ and His grace because it's there. Reaching out sometimes means getting getting your hands dirty and stepping into people's lives and stepping into people's problems. We don't want to do that. It it, it makes our skin crawl. It's it's like "Ah, it makes us uneasy. I don't want to. I don't want to get involved with that. Reaching out sometimes means getting your hands dirty. I don't want to say this to them, or I don't want to ask them if they need any help because I know they need help, and I don't know if I can really help. Reaching out by faith. You have to believe that God can use you. That God will give wisdom. That God will. That even if what you expect or want. To happen in that person's life doesn't happen, you can still rest knowing you did what God wanted you to do. We had a young man live with us, and, and my family knows him, Jesse. Jesse moved in with us when he was just a, an older teenager. Got kicked out of his house. It was a really mess situation. His family was a mess. And we, as much as we could as a young family, reached out to this young man and, and, and financially and with time and with investment and with teaching him basic life skills that he, for some reason, had never been taught. And we were so excited and so excited. And then when we were away on a trip, he stinking, you know, uh, got upset and got himself in trouble at school and got arrested. And it was while we were gone and it broke our hearts. And I'll never forget, it was, the, I feel like it was the first time in my life that I, I went to this place of like, well, I don't want to really, if, if, all, if we put all that effort in, months and months and months of effort, this kid living with us and, and this happens, like, is it even worth it? Should I even try? And it was almost like God was like, but why aren't you, if you're doing it for me, what does it really matter? If you're only doing it so you know, this kid uh, uh, you know, uh, goes off and, and does great things and is very successful, that's a terrible reason to do it. If that's your sole reason, if that happens, great. But if, if that's the only reason you're serving and reaching out to this young man is so, so he uh, uh, you know, makes you proud or well, so that you feel good about yourself, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons anyway, the wrong motives, and you will be discouraged when things don't happen. It was like God says, do it for me. Do it for me. So that when someone does fall or someone does fail, or doesn't do what you expect, you can say, you know, I did what I wanted. I, I did what God wanted me to do. Reaching out means sometimes getting your hands dirty. Reaching out, verse 2 we see, he says, Paul says, ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is what? Love thy neighbor as thyself, we saw in chapter 5. Reaching out requires selflessness. It requires selflessness. Me saying, it's not about me. Me saying, it's not about what makes me feel comfortable. It's about others. As a church, there's going to come a point, hopefully soon, that we're going to be in full-blown reaching out mode. And yes, I know we can still do that now, and, and, but as a church, as a church community, as a body of believers, once we get into our building and once we get going, We're going to be in full blown reaching out mode. And for some of us, and probably even for me in a way, it's going to be against my natural being. It's going to be like, I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone and, and, and really go the extra mile. It takes selflessness, though. It takes me getting over that stuff and saying, you know what, even if it's out of my comfort zone, God gives power, and, and and Christ is enough for me. It requires selflessness. If we ourselves, if we are a self-centered people, let's just say, if we are, if we become a self-centered church, and it happens, and it's not that hard for it to happen. If we become a self-centered church, and just kind of get our crowd and get a few more people, and say, this is really great, man, this is great. The worship's great, man, this is awesome. What a great time of, you know, what a great lunch we had after church, and we just kind of listen. God can't use that. It's it's not just about us discipling one another and fellowshipping with one another. It's about reaching out and continually bringing people out. It's about staying, like I said on our first Sunday, about staying outwardly focused, about reaching out. And yes, I'm going to talk about it in a few weeks, yes, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But what I don't want to get into the habit of is just going out, just giving out the gospel, and then leaving people on their own. It can happen. I'm not against soul winning. Listen, I'm not against door knocking. I'm not against bus ministries. Those are all things that we're going to do and that I would love to do. But what I don't want to get in the habit of is just going out, going through the plan of salvation, have a nice day, have a nice life, and leaving it. It's beyond that. Discipleship is a tenet of the scriptures. It's, it's, it's so important, and it's often forgotten. And I want to be a church that reaches out by faith. It's going to be harder. You know what's really not that hard to do? give someone the plan of salvation on the back of the track, and even to lead someone to Christ, what's more, what's going to take more work and more effort is continually reaching out and discipling people. But listen, there is power in Christ to do that as a church. You say, I don't really like talking to people. There's power in Christ to do that. Well, I don't really know a lot. There's power in Christ to learn, and God gives wisdom. Listen, we have to be a church that reaches out, and it's going to require each one of us, pastor included, being selfless. And in, in, in casting aside uh, uh, this selfishness. Reaching out requires selflessness. It's not about me. Casting out selfishness and letting the selflessness of Jesus Christ be upon us. It it, it requires selflessness. Verse three for if a man thinketh himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. What a powerful thought from Paul to the church. By the way, remember, the church at Galatia was was really kind of falling into this salvation by works thing, and, and he says right there, like, for man think of himself to be something when he's nothing. He's pretty much saying, like, by the way, we've been talking about it the whole letter, but remember, you're nothing without Jesus Christ. It's not about how good you are, how righteous you think you are, your delusions of righteousness. It's not about that. It's about Christ. For if man thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. Reaching out is a product of Christ-like humility. Pride, and we talked about it for two weeks, a few weeks back, pride is so deceptive in our lives. We can call it everything else and it looks like everything else. It can look like boldness. It can look like self-confidence. It can look like um, you know, common sense, Well, you know, you know, whatever we want to call it. But really, if we look deeper into our hearts often, we are so consumed with pride and we lack the humility of Jesus Christ. We lack, because if we are resting, and if we are are, are gain, getting access to the humility that is found in Jesus Christ, it will be it will become natural for us to reach out to others. Yeah. We won't look at others um, in a cynical way, in a way of like, well, I can't believe it. We'll look at others in a compassionate way, in a way that, that, Wonders, how, how can I help? What can I do? How can I serve this person? And, and, and you think of Christ washing the feet of his disciples. And you think about Christ washing the feet of Judas, knowing that he was going to be betrayed by him. Washing the feet of his betrayer. Talk about humility. And because of the cross, we have access that humility. And it doesn't come from trying really, really hard to be humble. It comes with resting in Jesus Christ and soaking up the scriptures and begging God for grace for everyday life. There are so many moments in each one of our days. I could probably name 20 just from yesterday if I really, and I don't want to think about it because it's humbling, but even just from yesterday, when when somebody says something, somebody does something, you see somebody and isn't it amazing how self-righteousness and pride just starts to creep yeah. up on you? And you're like, if, and I, will tell you this: the more you work and the more you rest in Christ and cast that aside, you see it coming a lot sooner than before. I tell you, for most of my life, it was always up here anyway, and I thought it was okay. You get to a point where, you're like, you don't even realize it's you're 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 sinning and you're almost in a constant state of just. Sinning against God and pride and self-righteousness. But man, the more you rest in Christ and, and create these disciplines in your life, you see it coming. You're like, oh, I can't believe I just thought that. I can't believe I just, and you pray, say, oh, well, give me grace in this. I feel like I've prayed that prayer so many times over the last year. Please, look, give me grace in this situation. I want so bad to be mad at my kids right now. <laughs> I want so bad to be annoyed at Seth right now. Give me grace <laughs> to be patient. I'm going to be a father like you. Oh, I want so bad to say this to Marissa right now. That was, that was going to be a good one. That was going to be a good job, you know. You know, Lord, give me grace in this. Give me, give me patience in this. Give me your humility. God, show me where I am. Search me, oh God. Where is it that I'm falling short? Where is it that I need? Where's my weaknesses? God, show those to me. I, I, I want to I start focusing on the weaknesses of others. It's, it's so much easier for us to find the weaknesses in others than to, to spot out our own. Reaching out by faith is a product of Christ-like humility. Of Christ-like humility. As a church, it's going to take us, little by little as we grow, it's going to take us continually resting in the grace of Jesus Christ as we reach out. And continuing to realize that without Him we're nothing. I've talked to many pastors down south and, and... Good men, and they say, you know, it's amazing. You know, we all people always tell how the South has, you know, is, you know, billions of churches at every corner, Baptist churches, independent Baptist churches, all across this. And they see, but so often, so easy for things to just become this big competition. And I'm grateful to be on the Cape, where there's not a lot of churches. Um, but even the churches that are here, the gospel preaching, um, well pastored churches here in the Cape, uh, we're for them. I'm for them, for them for the gospel being preached at the Cape. Man, what is this, this is a messy time. We need, we need as much gospel in this, on the Cape as, as, as we can get. There is no competition. And when competition, right before competition starts, there's always pride there of like, I want to I be better, I want to do this, I want to do that. And listen, reaching out by faith is a product of Christ-like humility. We must, we must not think of ourselves as so much. Our righteousness as filthy rags. Oh, if we could daily live, if we could daily live realizing our weaknesses. And it's not a discouraging place to be. You'd think it would be. Recognizing all your weaknesses and, and all your flaws and all your faults. You're like, man, that sounds like it's, what a, what a miserable life, what a miserable existence. No, no, no. Because when you know who God really is and what his word says and, and, and you discover the truth that are found in the word of God and the grace that is found in Jesus Christ. When you recognize your weaknesses, when you recognize how filled you are with abominable pride, when you realize how self-centered you can be, it's not, there may be a moment of like, wow, but you're like, yeah, but there's grace in Christ for that. I can live like him. I can, I can, I can, I'm crucified with Christ and I live, nevertheless, not I live, but Christ in me. It's, it's me. And like I said last week, we're the sound of his voice and with are the, the touch of his hand and, and we're the goings of his feet. It's Christ in me. It's Christ in me. It's his humility in me that allows me to reach out by faith and sacrifice and, and give of myself and give of my finances and give of my time and give of my heart in faith, believing that God will use it even if it doesn't look like I want it to look, even if the the outward uh, fruit isn't what I expected it to be. I know that I reached out in faith. And God will bless it. God will bless it. But when we start to become self-centered and self-righteous, that's not that's not Christ-like humility. Reaching out is a product of Christ-like humility. Verse 7 through 9, 7 through 10, I'll read it on the screen. It says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I know often you use this in a way of like when you sin, you'll be punished. And when you, but really, if you think about what Paul's talking about uh, in these first few verses, yes, that truth applies to the sinner in our lives. When you sow sin, you're going to reap wickedness, and you're going to reap punishment, things like that. But in our lives, in a more positive way, when you reach out. Listen, God, God is not mocked. God is, God, he, what he says is true. Okay, What, what you sow. If you're sowing good and it says uh, in verse number um, the next verse for he that soweth through his flesh shall the flesh corruption but he that soweth to the spirit shall the spirit reap life everlasting reaching out brings reward look at verse, look at the next verse let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not I love how Paul says that and I know it's it's the word of God through Paul as he penned the letter. Let us not be weary in well-doing. I think Paul knew, and he, here's a guy that worked hard for the Lord and that you know, was this missionary to, and traveled and was beaten and went through. Let us not be weary in well-doing. If anybody knew what it felt like to be weary in well-doing, it was probably Paul. Besides the Lord Jesus Christ who gave everything. And by the way, we can learn a lot from Paul and from David, and from Noah, and on and on you could go. But I want to continually focus on Jesus Christ in our church. I just thought I wanted to say that. He is all we need. He is all we're ever going to need. He is our ultimate example. Reaching out brings reward. If we reach out for earthly gain... We reach out to others expecting something in return, expecting, even expecting God to bless us. Like if I give of this guy, then God's obviously going to pay me back for that. If we are reaching out for earthly gain, we won't ever be satisfied. We'll never be satisfied. We'll always explore. But if we reach out for Christ and for heavenly gain, setting our affections on things above, we may get both. Think about that. I feel like the times in my life when I obeyed God and reached out by faith for Him and Him alone, not thinking of anything in return, one, I know that God will bless in heaven and, and, and whether it's crowns or cast at His feet or just, you know, just even in, our, in my spirit, God helping me and giving me grace, but oftentimes when I did it for Him and Him alone, He does bless me. He does bless. He, he always is provided anyway, but He, he does bless. Reaching out, listen... He, the, the Bible says, "In due season we shall reap if we faint not." If we decide what that reaping is, and we get it set in our mind what that reaping is going to be, we often probably won't be satisfied. We have to leave that up to the Lord. We have to leave that up to God. As a church, when we reach out, I believe God, I believe God's going to bless our church. I believe we're going to see souls saved. I believe that 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 people are going to be baptized and lives are going to be changed and things like that. But I don't want to. I don't want to. Put expectations on God, physical expectations on God. And say, "Listen, if we do this, I want to see." And then, in a year, if we're not at this number, I'm going to be discouraged. No, I want to just rest in Him, and believe, and trust Him. Reaching out brings reward, uh, uh, but we can't decide what that reward is. As a church, as individuals, you know people in your life who need somebody. Maybe it's a co-worker, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a friend. I don't know. But we all have people in our lives that God has placed there. Do you realize and, and do you remember that every part of your life is orchestrated by an all-knowing, all-powerful God? Every part of it, every tiny part of it is authored by a holy God. So everybody that you come into contact with, everybody that you were around everybody that you have a relationship with or a lack of relationship with are in your life for a specific purpose. And those purposes may be different. But how many people has God placed in our life for us to reach out to? And because of self-centeredness, we may not have recognized it. Because of pride, because of uncomfortableness, we have stayed in our shell and stayed where it feels comfortable and stayed where it feels good. It's so natural for us to do that. Verse number 10, the last verse in this says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. You think of that, as I was reading this and saying this, I thought about that all men. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how <laughs> we claim, and I claim, to believe the Bible and trust the words of God? And, and, and believe what it says and, and say, I want to obey the word of God. I want to follow the word of God. But when I saw that phrase, all men, let us do good unto all men, I thought about how many times I saw something on Facebook or saw somebody comment something or saw somebody with a completely polar opposite belief than me and how my heart got so self-righteous and so... Vindictive in my spirit of like, what an idiot that guy is! I can't believe that. Oh, like if that guy needed, you know, five bucks, I wouldn't even give him a nickel. You know, like th- that kind of thinking. It's like <laughs> if someone's a different political party than us. It's like there's this automatic line, and, and we, if we think about it now, when it comes to the Word of God, we're like, oh, geez, I guess that that's wrong. That's sin. You can disagree, obviously. I mean, goodness gracious, you know, if everybody was like me, what a terrible world that would be. I, you know, we can dis- we can have different, there's different opinions, different beliefs, and you be strong on what you believe. Amen, amen. But when you start to allow your belief system about certain things become your idol and your God to where when someone believes differently, you suddenly realize I would not reach out to that person. I would not reach out to that person. If they were on the side of the road with a flat tire, I probably wouldn't stop. Or if I stopped, I would do it as quick as I can and get out of there because I don't want to be around that person. Listen, that is not Christ-like humility. That is not reaching out like the Lord Jesus Christ, especially under those who are of the household of faith. God, help me. God, help me not to become a pastor and not to become a Christian that looks at other Christians doing things differently, whether more conservatively or more liberally or whatever it is, and think And think that I'm somehow better. And that they're somehow completely completely wrong and and on and on I could go. God help me. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto those who are of the household of faith. Especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Christians, we can't have quarrels with other Christians. We just can't. We shouldn't. Like I said, you can disagree. We can disagree. We can have different opinions and come to different conclusions. But may our spirits be full of the love of Jesus Christ. He said it. The law, all of it's fulfilled in one thing. Love thy neighbor as thyself. If we are living in Christ-like humility, if we are resting in Jesus Christ uh, 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 for grace in the lives of other people, listen, that, that won't happen. We can look at others with different opinions and other Christians with different opinions and still realize that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And still love them and still reach out to them. We are called to reach out. Look not every man on his own thing, but the things of others. We are called to live lives with that. And, and I'm telling you this, it's not supposed to be just this once-a-week thing that we schedule into our day. It's supposed to, that's supposed to be our lives. Our entire life. Do I fall short of that? Do I do I not think about that? Is that not in the forefront of my mind like it should be all the time? No, it's not. I'll admit that. But my life should be about other people. My life should be about letting Christ live in me. Christ didn't just come to this earth and sit in his house and and, and hang out and take care of his little... No, he was continually reaching out and he's supposed to be living through us. (laughs) So it doesn't matter where someone else is and what they believe and all these different things. We should be reaching out regardless because that's what Jesus would do. That's who Jesus was. And that is the heart of God. As a church... Listen, we won't, like I said uh, uh, last two weeks ago, we'll never move forward as a church unless personally we move forward individually. But as a church, same thing. Listen, as a church, we're probably not going to reach out to the best of our abilities and with the power of Christ uh, as a church and as a community if personally and individually in our lives we're not reaching out to people. The things that the rest of the church doesn't know about. The things that, that Donald doesn't know about. Thing, but individually reaching out to people in your own lives. Listen, then as a church, together, oh my goodness, how much more effective it will be. Maybe reach out believing that God will use us. Don't fall into the lie of the devil that I just don't have what it takes uh, to reach out to, to actually help somebody. i got so much problems of my own. How can I help somebody? You know what's amazing? Most of the time, the problems that you struggle with, that is what you'll be able to use to help somebody else. The weaknesses that you have, the struggles that you face with pride, with insecurity, with fear, whatever it may be. You think, I can't help because of those things. God will use those weaknesses in our lives. And when we rest in Him, to help somebody else who struggles with the same thing and be able to relate to people. Listen, everything in our life, those things are our acts of grace in our life for us to pour His grace into someone else's life. May we reach out by faith, believing that Christ is enough and believing that God can use us as a church. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to pray. And we'll be dismissed. And uh, Lord, we love you. We thank you for being so good to us. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Help us to reach out, Lord, by faith. Help us to realize we need you to do that. It's not going to come with us just working really hard on our own strength. Yes, it'll take work. Yes, it'll take effort and energy but may we continually be focused on you above all in our lives. You're enough. Help us to realize that we may have to get our hands dirty in reaching out. And when, and when our initial thoughts go to that place of, I don't think I want to get involved in this because of this, that, and that, God, in your grace, may you remind us how you stepped into the lives of people's problems and troubles and, and sorrows and in their darkest moments and in their deepest sins. You stepped into their lives. And Lord, we are called Uh, we are Christians. We are your disciples. It is you living through us and help us, God, to rest in your grace so we can step into the lives of others and reach out and sacrifice. And Lord, we won't, it's not about running out of strength or running out of energy because, Lord, you continually fill us. Help us to rest in you for strength. We love you. We need you. In your precious and holy name, amen.